Hey, welcome to Simone J. I'm Sydney. I'm Shu. And we're here to talk to you about STIs. <laughs> it's 2019. Start your year off right with some safe sex, baby. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> um, okay. So STIs are infections that are commonly spread by sexual activity. We're talking vaginal sex, anal sex, oral sex. I also wrote in my notes that sex is named after the hole that it takes place in because it's never called penis sex. (laughs) It's vaginal, anal, or oral. So Ah. whatever the receptacle is, that's the type of sex that it is. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I never thought about that, but that's so true. The, the things you think about when you're researching <laughs> for your podcast. They name that shit after the hole. <laughs> the vagina is so important. It's very important. Oh. Um, all right. So STIs mm-hmm. used to be called STDs. Yes. And we want to talk about why they're now called STIs. Yes. Um, well, I found this from the American Sexual Health Association. Okay. And um, they said they changed it from STD to STI because disease suggests a clear medical problem with obvious signs and symptoms. However, many common um, STDs have little to no signs or symptoms for the majority of people infected. So the sexually transmitted virus or bacteria can be described as creating infection that may or may not result in disease. Yeah. So a disease, by definition, is something that negatively affects the organism. So if there's no symptoms, it's technically not a disease. And a lot of sexually transmitted infections, they don't cause symptoms like Mm -hmm. especially a lot of them in men don't cause symptoms. Yeah. And so... Therefore, it's not disease, but it is an infection that the person who has it is capable of spreading. Mm-hmm. So, um, I wrote, so there, according to Wikipedia, mm-hmm. there are more than 30 different bacteria, viruses, and parasites that can be transmitted through sexual activity. Wow. I tried to find a list of all 30. I could not, but we did Ooh. research the heavy hitters. Yeah. Um, and this, the, they are usually spread through sex. Mm-hmm. Um, and we stress usual because a lot of things that are considered sexually transmitted infections can be spread by non-sexual contact with, um, quote, donor tissue, but, uh, blood, breastfeeding, childbirth, kissing, right. s- just skin on skin contact. Um, and so it's not specific to penetrative sexual intercourse mm-hmm. yeah i like that yeah um should we do you want to list the common stis that we're going to talk about or do you want to just get into them you can list them let's okay. uh give an overview these are the most common ones um that i found online so the human papilloma virus mm-hmm. known as hpv 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 get your vaccines but yeah. we'll talk about that more later um genital herpes chlamydia gonorrhea, HIV, and AIDS, and syphilis. All right. Those are the big ones. Those are the big ones that are most common. And, you know, some of them have symptoms. Some of them do not. 
Some of them have worse effect than others. We're going to get into it so you guys can stay safe and have fun sex and not scary sex. Yeah. Okay, because real quick, I watched Kids, the movie Kids, Uh when I was like 15. And that really did some damage. Um, So for anyone who doesn't know what that movie is about, it's about young kids having sex in New York City, being wild and accidentally getting AIDS all over each other. And it really fucked me up, man. Well, Shu and I are from the generation Ooh. where we came of a age where we learned about AIDS and sex at the same time. Yes. And so I was raised by a nurse and my mom would bring home these VHS tapes about how you catch AIDS and universal precautions that she had to show to her staff to teach them about you know, you treat every patient like they're contagious. You need to wear gloves. What are ways that you can transmit HIV? Because it was newer. Yeah. It was a newer disease that we were still learning about. And um, and so I was like seven years old watching these videos. And she would make my brother and I take the tests that she had to give to her. Like the training tests that she had to give to her staff. Wow. So I've always been very, I guess, hyper vigilant about safe sex. I think it's very mm-hmm. important because sex is important health is important so let's have healthy sex yeah um so yeah i think that says the, just to make a comment on our our age uh-huh. and what shaped our like there was always like a very special episode of blossom about condoms <laughs> right or whatever so you know that's why your aunties are going to talk to you about safe sex yes yeah because i don't listen i don't want anyone to be afraid of sex no because i feel like I grew up in that time and I I grew up in a small town where a lot of my friends got pregnant in like junior high and high school. And to me, sex was just always associated with you're either going to get a disease or you're going to get pregnant. And Mm -hmm. it didn't ever feel like something exciting. It was like more scary to Uh, think about. Okay. And, you know, that's not a good way to think about sex because it is fun and it is enjoyable. It's meant to be enjoyable. When you do it with precaution in the right way. Yeah. And um, yeah, people are going to do it anyways. Right. So let's figure out how to do it safe. Exactly. So here is um, in typical Sydney style. I did kind of research on the history of diseases. Love it. Because I was like, how long have these been around? Right. I was um, wondering. Well, uh, gonorrhea uh, dates back to at least the year 1161. However, descriptions uh, in the Old Testament sound like they could be referencing gonorrhea. Uh-huh. Um, in 1161, the British Parliament passed a law to reduce the spread of, quote, the perilous infirmity of burning, unquote, which was gonorrhea. And it was the government trying to deal with a public health crisis. Uh-huh. And this is in 1161. Um, medieval public health physicians were required to treat prostitutes infected with, quote, the burning. (laughs) Um, and so this is something that's been around for a long time. And it's weird because like the U.S. is a younger country and our government still is figuring out health policies. But here we are medieval time and we're dealing with the government forcing doctors, like public health doctors who are paid with tax money to uh-huh. treat prostitutes because they recognize it's a public health crisis. 
Um, you know, sounds, yeah. sounds like maybe there are some things we could take from history. Yeah, like America could learn something from medieval England. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> uh, gonorrhea is a bacterial infection. Mm-hmm. Um, and you first experience symptoms two to four days after of incubation. Oh. So you have exposure two to 14 days. I'm sorry. Um, men will have burning with urination, discharge, testicular pain. Women will have burning with urination, discharge, bleeding with periods or bleeding between periods uh, and pelvic pain. Um, and there's also, you can get gonorrhea in your mouth. And this oh. is something that I think about a lot because one of my favorite lifetime movies is called She's Too Young. And it is about an oral uh, syphilis outbreak at a junior high. And it's riveting. And I own it on DVD. <laughs> I think you've told me about this. Yeah. I met this girl once who <laughs> also was really into that movie. Uh-huh. And her college roommate taught them was Korean and taught them how to all say I have syphilis in Korean. Because they kept quoting the movie when they were like out and drunk and they thought it was funny. And they were like. Maybe we shouldn't be saying this at bars. Yeah. And so then they would say it in Korean. <laughs> Anyways, that girl That's was cool. That's hilarious. We should add that to our watch list. Our movie watch list. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you can get gonorrhea in your throat. Um, there, For 90% of people who get oral gonorrhea, there are no symptoms. 10% okay. have a sore throat. Um, left untreated, gonorrhea can spread to your joints or your heart valves. So it's not good. Yeah. Um, testing is done by swabbing the urethra in men or cervix Oof. in women uh-huh. or urine testing. Okay. Um, and I'm going to say this because I used to think like, oh, when I was younger and I'd go to like Planned Parenthood to get an STD test, they would do a swab and now um, they just do a urine sample. And I always thought the urine can't be as accurate because they're not getting up in there. You know what right. I'm saying? Yeah. Like, um, and I did research on it a couple years ago, and the urine test is actually more accurate because it uses this thing called NAAT testing. It's nucleic acid amplification test, Uh and it's just a much more sensitive test. So even though you think, oh, the urine's coming out of my urethra, but like, you know, so it's not as accurate. It's because it's, it amplifies whatever microorgan organisms are there so well yeah the the p test is more accurate is what i'm saying okay so don't be scared interesting don't think they gotta swab your dick because that used to be a thing like men would hate getting std right. tested because they're like i don't want a q-tip it's like a really long q-tip i don't want a q-tip up my dick Oof. but i mean just, who does no one does but now you just pee in a cup and it's actually more accurate and you're awesome okay um so gonorrhea treated with antibiotics there are issues now with antibiotic resistance We've all heard of super gonorrhea. The super gonorrhea is up in here. Um, And with gonorrhea, retesting is recommended three months after treatment. And also they recommend treating any partner from the last two months. Oh, And so the thing with gonorrhea is if you go into your doctor, like, and you say, I think I might have this, I may have been exposed They'll do a test, but they don't wait for the results to come back to treat you. So if you think you may have been exposed, they just immediately treat you with the antibiotics just because it spreads so quickly. Yeah. And the public health consensus is if you may have been exposed, 
we're just going to treat it before you have a chance to spread right. it. We're not going to send your shit to a lab and wait a week to get results. Yeah. Um, in that week, you could have fucked like three other people. Yeah. And they're just so like, it's knows? so easily spread and it's uh-huh. whatever. Do we know why it's called the clap? Because that's like the slang term. I don't know. I don't either. I guess we should have looked that up. But Sorry, guys. Just know that slang for gonorrhea is the clap. We'll maybe update you on it <laughs> and we'll get back to you um, because we care about you. Yeah. And we care about your it's because it's, your genitals are giving you the clap back. They're like, <laughs> that's I, I do not like this. It's because like it's so like quick. And oh. symptoms that it's like a clap back. Yeah, we'll find know. out. <laughs> I um, mean, I can Google it while you tell us about the next STD. Okay, and yeah. if I okay, find I'll anything, talk about I'll herpes you know. while you Google the clap. Okay, yeah. I, I mean, herpes, I just want to say, don't be ashamed. I know people with herpes. It's like a very common, it's a very common so. deal. Uh, herpes is over 2,000 years old. Um, Emperor Tiberius uh, is said to have banned kissing in Rome for a time due to cold sores. Like, everyone oh, was getting shit. cold sores, and the <laughs> Emperor of Rome was like, yo, dude, we gotta stop kissing for a bit, because, like, this is becoming a problem. Um, in 16th century was when Romeo and Juliet was written, and in that play, there's reference to blisters or... That's, like, over, but over... Oh, Blisters uh-huh. or ladies' lips um, is mentioned in Romeo and Juliet. Mm-hmm. Um, in eight, in the 18th century, uh, herpes was so common amongst prostitutes, it was referred to as a vocational disease. Oh. Um, 1713 is the first year we see reference to the herpes simplex in a medical book. Um in the 1940s, we discovered it was a virus. We're like, we know what's causing this now because we know what viruses are. Uh-huh. Um, and then in the 60s, uh, antiviral therapy was invented. And in the 90s, we saw the patents for Valtrex and acyclovir, which are the top drugs to treat herpes. Mm. So this is cool. This is yeah. like modern medicine being like, all right, this disease is 2,000 years old. We finally figured out some ways to help manage it. Um, two, there's two types of herpes, HSV1 and HSV2. And I want to correct a very big, uh, misunderstanding that I still hear people talk about. Oh, okay. Herpes simplex one most commonly is the one that's found on people's lips. And like everyone has Everyone that. has it. It's like 90% of adults. Um, herpes simplex two most commonly found on the genitals. Uh-huh. Here's the deal, people. You can get simplex one on your genitals and simplex two on your mouth. And so a lot of people think you can't get one from the other. Uh-oh. But if you have a cold sore, you should not perform oral sex on anyone. Okay. I always thought that, but I wasn't sure. Yeah. So Because it's okay. contagious. And you can get the virus anywhere. If you have a tear in your skin on your stomach... And someone with a cold sore kissed that sore. No, don't kiss it. Don't you can, kiss the yeah, cut. basically her, herpes because the virus gets, it embeds in the local nerve fibers. Uh-huh. It's a, and it gets in like the DNA of the local nerve vi- uh, fibers and it stays there forever. 
But it can get anywhere. It's most common on your mouth and your genitals because they're thinner mucous membranes, but people also get it in their eyes. Um, and oh so gosh. it's very transmissible. There's also a thing called auto inoculation where if you were to touch your mouth, oh, uh-huh. cold sore, and then touch your genitals, you could give yourself your own herpes. Oh, it's very, no! it's very, very rare, but like, it's just be aware when you have a cold sore, just don't touch it on all kinds of shit. Yeah. And yeah, you can, you can get genital herpes on your mouth by performing oral sex on someone. So like, you know, and this is where manners come in, where if you know you're having an outbreak. Yes. I just, I, I, I know a lot of people who got, like, I know someone who got it. He was using condoms. He had sex with someone who was having an outbreak, but they didn't tell him. Oh, no. And he was drunk. Yeah. And didn't notice. And he got it, you know? And so just people need to have manners about it because it is a very common disease. Right. And you just need to, like, let's end the stigma. Yeah. And don't be ashamed to say, hey, I have herpes. And, like, if someone tells you they have herpes, don't say ew because guess what? You could have it and not even know it. Yes. Most people with herpes simplex 2 do not know that they have it, mm-hmm. which is crazy. So yeah. just to like. you can go between outbreaks like years. It could be months. It could be years. Like you could have an outbreak once and never have one again. Like it's just a very finicky thing. Yeah. So. They're like usually when you get infections, you have like a first initial outbreak that's very, very bad and you'll be, you can have a fever and there'll be a lot of sores. And then after that, you may never have an outbreak again. Just like 90% of people have oral herpes, but like only 20% of them get cold sores reoccurrently after that. So like, I don't know, just like be like, don't say ew to it because you probably have it. Like, you probably have it. Like, you di- like chances are you have oral herpes. That's just well, like... Well, yeah, oral herpes, I mean. And so, like, much when everyone people, has that. When people say ew to things, it's like, dude, yeah. you probably carry that virus in your also, body. Also, it's like, just because someone has herpes, I mean, it's treatable. And if you have sex in between outbreaks and the person's taking medication and they know what's going on, it's not... You know, they're not going to transfer it to the other person. All it takes is, like, being aware and being precautious. Well, and like I always say, like, if someone tells you they have herpes, they're probably not the first. You've probably had sex with people who carry herpes before and you didn't know. Yeah, they just don't say anything. Because 20 to 25% of adults in the U.S. have genital herpes. Wow. So if you've had more than four sex partners, Uh you've probably had sex with someone who carries that virus and you just didn't know it. Damn. And so just the idea of treating someone who has the courtesy to tell you, hey, I have this, I think it does a disservice to treat them with disgust. Definitely. Because you've probably slept with someone with herpes they just didn't tell you and that's more disgusting yeah um i i dated someone who had hpv like Uh he'd had it it had been treated in most cases the virus corrects itself within two years you're not contagious whatever um and so cut to he and i are dating and before we have sex he 
told me the whole deal. Like we sat down and had a conversation Mm -hmm. and he's like, I don't even know like if it matters because this is so long ago and it's no longer transmissible based on blah, blah, blah. But I feel the need to tell you. Yeah. And I'm like, I appreciate that. Because Definitely. sex is all about informed consent. And yeah. you need to be able to have an open dialogue and say thank you to someone for telling you. Because they're yeah. enabling you to make informed consent. And if you tr- if you react poorly to it, it really discourages a culture of open dialogue about sex. Definitely. And I feel like people should have that conversation like, Over a glass of wine, like, on a casual night when you're hanging out, not, like, right before you're about to, not when you're making out and you're all hot and heavy. Yeah. Like, that's not the time to stop and be like, oh, wait, do you have an STD? Like, do that a little beforehand when you know you want to fuck the person, but it's not in, like, the heat of the the moment. The heat of the moment when you're not going to make the best decision. Yeah, I feel like that's just an easier time to get it out there and to be like, no, cool, cool. I respect your herpes. Like, we're going to take care of this. Yeah, and we're going to, like, whatever. Um, also, a lot of people will say, like, they'll get a blood test that tells them they have herpes and they get freaked out. That, that could just mean you have oral herpes. The blood yeah. test just lets you know that you have the virus somewhere in your body. The only way to know whether you have herpes in a specific area is to have a culture done of an active infection oh so most of the time herpes is diagnosed based on symptoms like they see the sores whatever you're diagnosed the only way to 100 percent confirm that that's what that is is they have to swab it and send it to a lab and they can come back and be like okay that's what that is okay so um interesting so so that is herpes i have an update on the clap oh i have (laughs) i have three theories for you all right the first one is that it's from the old French word for brothel, which is clapier. Oh. Prostitutes were housed in clapiers in Middle French. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but I'm just going to go with it. Yeah. Um, in Middle French language dating back to around the 1580s, clapier is also used to refer to a rabbit's nest or hutch. So due to the prolific sex lives rabbits led, it makes sense that a brothel might be named after it. It's also quite fitting that a moniker for an STD might arise from a location where such disease and infections are easily and often spread. So that seems believable right? since it was an occupational disease. Here's the second theory. All right. From a terrible treatment form that involved clapping hard on both sides of the penis simultaneously to try to rid the urethra of pus and discharge. I hate that. That sucks. So this treatment could also involve essentially clapping or smashing the penis between a hard surface and a heavy item with a large book. Well, I mean, you're (laughs) not going to give it to anyone after that happens. (laughs) So that's good. It really stops the spread of the disease after you've had a fucking steamroller drive over your dick. And here's the third theory. Okay. Um, From the old English word, clapan, meaning to be or to throb. Oh, this could be an origin for gonorrhea's by name stemming from common symptoms of the STD, burning, painful urination and a throbbing sensation of the penis caused by inflammation and infection. However, it seems this word originated sometime after Clapier. So um, it might be any of those three. Okay. 
That's you heard it here first. If you think you have a different reason why it's called the clap, let us know. (laughs) 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 All right. Um, So next up, we have syphilis. Mm -hmm. Uh, Syphilis dates back to 1494. There was an outbreak amongst French troops uh, besieging Naples in the Italian War of 19. 1494 to 1498. Um, and after this, syphilis swept across Europe. It killed 5 million people. Dude, syphilis is crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, insane. It's a bacteria. Oh, my gosh. It, so, modern age, very treatable. We have antibiotics, but they didn't used to have those. So, uh, syphilis would go through four stages of disease. Uh, in the first three to 90 days after exposure uh this is called the primary stage there'd be sores uh one sore or many sores and they're painless and non-itchy and then four to ten weeks after exposure you'd have secondary syphilis Uh, there's a rash often on the palms or palms or the soles of the feet and it's papules like is what how they describe these and you'd also have fever and malaise Man. Yeah. Not uh, malaise. No. <laughs> <laughs> she, she sounds like a character in Still Magnolias. <laughs> right. Um, a, a year after exposure, it's what's called the latent stage. You have no symptoms and it goes on for years. Uh-huh. And this is where it gets fucking crazy. Is three to 46 years after exposure. Oh, no. It comes back. And usually it's an average of 15 years after exposure. And this is when you get gumas, which are what they call these growths that you get all over your body. And you have uh, neurological problems and heart problems. And this is where you hear them always saying like, so-and-so went crazy from syphilis. Yeah. Um, And the way that you find out about syphilis, if you have it, is a blood test. Okay. So it's not a urine test because it's not localized to the Uh genitals. It spreads systemically. And it's treated with antibiotics. So did you you mention, too, that it can also make you go blind and deaf? Yes. Okay, yeah. Those are, like, really rare, I guess. And your nose can fall off. And your nose can fall off because it gets, like, fucked up from all the gumas. Ah! which is like something i didn't do a lot of research because honestly we could do a whole hour on syphilis we definitely could like the history i feel like there's a rich rich history of syphilis that's why i didn't go too deep into it because i was like we might do an episode i think you and i both like old-timey medicine stuff yeah and so you know what we're gonna add it to the list we'll add it to the list oh my god yeah that one freaks me out um okay (gasps) did did we want to talk about chlamydia because i didn't do notes on that um, yeah, we can talk about chlamydia. I have a little something, something right here. Let me see. Where's my chlamydia? Here it is. Here <laughs> it is. Okay. Um, let's see. Chlamydia is caused by an infection with chlamydia trachomatis. The latter bacterium is also the infecting agent in pelvic inflammatory disease and in still another sexually transmitted disease, lymphogranuloma venereum. Oh, I looked that up. It's when your lymph nodes around your groin swell up huge 
because they're infected with chlamydia. And then you have like this weird puffy groin area because the lymph nodes are oh no swollen. Okay, well I I have here that sounds terrible. Yeah, but the good news is it's the most common curable STD. Yeah, it's so super it's common. It's common, so don't feel crazy if you get it. Um, its most frequent symptoms are pain during sex and discharge from the penis or vagina. However, the reason chlamydia is one of the most common STDs is that most people who get it don't have symptoms for weeks, months, or even years. So they may be asymptomatic when they have it. This is why I encourage regular STD testing. Even like even if you use condoms, which you should use condoms if you're not in like a committed monogamous relationship, Mm -hmm. is because the last thing you want to be doing is spreading disease and like like condoms are very, 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 very effective. Accidents happen. Why not get tested regularly? Every city and state has public health clinics that offer low cost testing and certain days of the week it's free testing. So like here in Maricopa County, we have a public health center where STD testing is $20. And then one day out of the week, if you go, it's free. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just have to wait in a longer line. But it's important because diseases like this don't have any symptoms. So people will say like, oh, I'm clean. I don't have any symptoms. And right. you're like, why don't you just double check? Yeah, because you don't know. And the last thing you want to do is be spreading something and get a phone call from somebody that they have something and they don't know if you gave it to them or they gave it to you. And now you got to make a bunch of phone calls to people. Right. And it's just like, don't open that. Ca- like, just go get tested regularly. Because yeah. it's much like I say about going to the dentist. Like, just it's nice to hear someone say, hey, Sydney, you're doing a great job. You're flossing your teeth look great. Mm-hmm. And I go, thank you. And I go to County Health and they go, hey, girl, no diseases. And I go, thank you. Thank you. It's just good to hear. And it keeps <gasps> everyone safe. Yeah. Because, yeah, things can be asymptomatic and let's... Right. Just find out so you don't just, spread it. Just find out. And um, they have very rare symptoms when it's left untreated for many, many years. Um, you could experience chronic pelvic pain, female infertility. Mm-hmm. So that would suck um, if you're just like, oh, I didn't know I had it. Yeah. And now I'll never have a child. Um ectopic pregnancy oh which is when the embryo implants in a fallopian tube instead of the uterus which is very dangerous you can die you can die you have to get it taken out um male infertility and pregnancy complications oh and newborn complications if you pass it on to your baby through the birth canal So, so so you know best to just get it all checked out yeah get it tested get it tested get it right get it tight no chlamydia here. Um, okay. I uh, Here's a crazy one that Shu and I are excited to talk uh-huh. about. Trichomoniasis. Yeah. Because it is not a virus. It is not a bacteria. It is a parasite. Mm-hmm. And in 70% of people, it has no symptoms. Um, if you do get symptoms, they show up 5 to 28 days after exposure. And the main symptom is itching, a bad smell, and thin discharge. Burning with urination, pain with sex. Um, it's spread by sex and genital touching. So just like genital to genital, like a little mm. like dry humping, a little scissoring. Yeah. It can happen. The test for it is culturing the vagina or doing a urine sample. 
Um, it's treated with antibiotics and it can go undetected for years. Wow. The thing that we looked up before the show was if it was commonly tested for. Yeah. And it's, it's not. It's, it's not part of like the panel that we just recommended you go get at County Health. So you have to ask specifically for this, right? I, yeah, which is crazy because it's, uh, if it, I, I don't know. I'm just like, it has no symptoms. Right. I don't know. I don't know. I, well, I, the thing I is, the testing is expensive, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that one just is rarer. That's all I can think is that like, maybe it's not as common. Yeah. But if you have any maybe. of those symptoms... It doesn't, get tested. Yeah, maybe it doesn't do anything to you. So they're like, whatever. It's a parasite. It's a parasite. It. Yeah, you're fine. <laughs> if it starts to stink, we'll treat it. We all got parasites. It's fine. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. Um, okay. So here's a here's a fun one. Crabs, aka pubic lice. Uh oh. Now they are a lice that is specific to humans. Uh huh. Three point three million years ago, when like humans and apes diverged uh the this specific like breed of louse uh-huh this lice it evolved one version that lives on apes and another version that lives on humans oh my gosh and you know why we get our own lice why because its claws are specifically adapted <gasps> to the diameter of human pubic hair what and that is why wow head lice and pubic lice are different lice because pubic lice will fall right off of your head hair because they their claws are too big yeah they they're they're they hang on to coarse and sparse hair wow like pubes and eyelashes so you can get pubic lice in your eyelashes right that would be very scary um yeah it's fucking crazy um and y- the itching is a result of a sensitivity to the louse saliva. Oh. Um, they spread mostly by sex. Okay. But also towels, <gasps> clothing, and bedding. Oh, no. And, like, yeah. The good news is they die 24 to 48 hours without a host. Okay. So, basically, like... Trim off all your pubes. Trim off all your pubes and don't use dirty towel unless it's 48 hours after someone else used it i don't know okay i was gonna say unless it's your dirty towel it's your dirty towel no one else's yeah just don't use anybody else's (laughs) dirty towels but like also like if you share clothes with someone yeah you can spread it that way because yeah it it, they can live 24 to 48 hours without a human um did you find out anything about the merkin oh no that was something else oh okay so yeah, we had talked a little bit about maybe that's why merkins were invented to because prostitutes would sh- have to shave off their pubes to get rid of the lice, and mm-hmm. then they'd wear a merkin to hide that. But I don't know. I forgot to. I'll write that. We on were the just list. supposing when it I, came to that, right? Yeah, I and I was. I told you when we talked about doing this episode, I was excited about getting to the bottom of the history of the merkin, and then I forgot. Well, we'll just do an episode on the Merkin. Yeah, I think we should do. I feel like it's, you know, it's used all over Hollywood today. Yeah, and we will use, yeah, we'll do it. We'll just do a whole episode on the history of the Merkin. In case no one knows what that is, it's a wig for your pubic area. Yeah, and we're going to use our Simonche fun money to make 
a merkin flag, which will be <laughs> an American flag made out of different colors of merkins. Nice. Um, but yeah, crabs are crabs are on the decline because people shave their pubes now. Yeah. So they're not just not. Well, out there. pubes are kind of back in though, so maybe they'll come crabs back. Crabs will make a comeback, which crabs is kind of like a fun, funny. It's like, oh man, I got crab. Yeah, it's a great fucking movie plot device yeah. for like a wacky comedy. Yeah, it's like your boyfriend loves fucking you and then the next time he sees you, you don't have any pubes and he's like, what the hell? Um, I was picturing like, got lice. you know, like it's like a frat house and it yeah. spreads or like you're on spring break. Oh, there was yeah. that episode of uh, Sex in the City where Charlotte had sex with a 20 something mm-hmm. in the Hamptons and then she got crabs and I they were like, because she was pretending that she was like 28 and they're like, oh my God, like stop yeah. it. You're <laughs> lying about your age and now you have crabs and that's, it's a slippery slope. I love it. Um, so... The next one I want to talk about is molluscum contagiosum. Oh, what's that? So this is a weird one. Um, it is something. It's called. It's they call it water warts, and it's a oh. viral skin infection, and it's very common amongst children because it's very easily spread. Uh huh. Um, and it causes small raised pink lesions with a dimpled center, and like it spreads really easy amongst like kids like in schools and stuff because they're touching each other and kids are warty and gross yeah um and it appears seven weeks after infection the reason it is an sti is because sex involves a lot of skin on skin contact yeah and so you can catch molluscum contagion from sexual activity Uh you can catch it anywhere on your body if you're being naked with someone but people do get it on their genitals um you can also spread it along your own body by like scratching the warts Uh and then touching yourself elsewhere Uh because viral skin infection wart shit spreads really easy Uh um so direct contact with skin or contaminated objects like towels and i think it might be called water warts because kids spread it like through swim class like towels and shit um kids are so gross kids are gross i know an adult who had this i know an adult (laughs) (laughs) i know an adult who had this who had a child okay they got it from their child they tried to tell me that I gave it to them. What? And I was like, okay, I don't have that and I don't have any signs or symptoms of that. Yeah. But you do have a fucking child. Right. Why don't you ask if any of their classmates have it? Yeah. You fucking moron. That would be the first thing to do. Yeah. Anyways. Wow. I hope that what person dies. What a piece dies. of shit. What a fucking piece of shit. It's your gross fucking child is who it is. Yeah. Maybe before you accuse me <laughs> of giving you a child disease. Yeah. You check in with your child. Exactly. And then you talk to their teacher and be like, hey, is there a molluscum contagiosum outbreak in my kid's school? They would have been like, yeah, there is. And that is what happened. Oh, it is? Yeah. Fucking asshole. Yeah, I know. Anyways. Wow. wow. Come on, people. Real fucking trash bag. Anyways. <laughs> um, so the only reason to remove these is for cosmetic reasons or to prevent spreading. And they'll freeze them or scrape them or laser them off, which is a lot what they do for like genital warts from HPV. Um, otherwise, they go away within two months to a year. 
Oh, um, picking or scratching spreads it. I think that's why kids spread it so easily, too, because they're pickers and scratchers. Yeah. Um, and then I wrote at the end of it, it is extremely contagious. Oh. So technically, it, I mean, it's just a viral skin infection that everyone gets, but it is under the category of STIs. Um, it's kind of like how staph infections we talked about, like, were spreading from right. sex when there was, like, a big MRSA outbreak. Mm-hmm. And they were like, you need to shower before and after you have sex because just anytime your skin is touching another person's skin and with sex, it's your whole body touching another person's whole body. Yeah. Things that spread are, your, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. You're more likely to get them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I guess we have HPV. Yeah, I mean, I guess we should talk about it because it's so common. Yeah. Um. So let's see. I have a thing here that says older studies from before the HPV vaccine was available estimated that three quarters of the sexually active population had HPV at some point during their lives and one quarter of women were infected at any given time. Um, it be, uh, HPV may be known as the cervical cancer virus, but only a few types of HPV are linked to cancer and they're linked to more than just cervical cancer. Other causes, um, other strains cause genital warts or other warts and some strains have no symptoms at all. Um, although HPV is considered incurable, its symptoms can be treated and many people resolve infections on their own. As you said earlier, it's self-correcting. Yeah, usually Um, within like two years, they say. mm -hmm. And then you'll have no sign of the virus. It is recommended that 11 to 12-year-olds get the HPV vaccine to protect young men and women from the four most common strains of the virus. I got the vaccine. Mm -hmm. It's like three shots that you take like... Spread out. Yeah, spread out like six months to a year in between each shot. Um, and um, the newest version of Gardasil, Gardasil 9, works against nine strains oh, of cancer. Because it used to be Gardasil 4, I yeah. believe, and now it's up to nine. Yeah. So, And I, I highly recommend if you're like, I think you have to be under 26 to get the vaccine. Well, it's under 26 for... The thing is they only study they the reason they say under 26 is they only do studies with women under 26. So oh. it's only tested in women under 26. Okay. And the reason they only test in them is because they assume after that age you've already been exposed to it. So why oh. bother? But you can get it at any age. Yeah. I got it when I was 30 and okay. my insurance actually paid for it because I went Mine to my too. primary care doctor and I said, "I know I'm over the age but, like, I've never had an abnormal pap smear. So, mm-hmm. like, better safe than sorry. Like, let's just go ahead and do this. Right. Um, and he wrote a prescription for me to take to the pharmacy. And because he wrote a prescription for it, the pharmacy billed it through my insurance. Because oh. otherwise, it's $900 about for all three shots. Wow. It's $900 if you don't use insurance. But um, I was able to get my insurance to pay for it, which was really oh, nice. I have, like... I was ha- I have anxiety because like you get pop smears to check for abnormal cells mm-hmm. on your cervix. Um, how do I say this? I like to suck dick, and I don't <laughs> get pap smears of my throat. Right. And I was like, maybe I can get this HPV vaccine so I can keep sucking dick and not worry about oral cancer. Yeah. Because um, like Michael Douglas got an oral cancer that was caused by HPV. 
Um, and so, uh, you know, if you, if you can get the vaccine, get it because it's great. Yeah. Because giving agree. head is great. Yeah, totally. I think I also was over 26 when I got mine. But I remember my doctor was like, well, let's do it. Let's test you. Mm-hmm. And then like, oh, you're negative. So let's vaccine you before you become positive. Yeah. Because it doesn't symptoms don't show up in men at all. And they're the carriers for mm-hmm. it. So they don't know if they're a carrier. And then they're just. They just wait till their girlfriend gets a precancerous cell. Yes. And then they're like, oh, fuck, I guess I have that. And it's crazy to not get the vaccine if you can, because, like, it is a cure for cancer. Yeah. And how many people can say, like, there's a cure for cancer, you know? So, because I had a roommate who refused to get it just because she didn't believe in vaccines. Oh. And I was like, I mean, that's dumb. Yeah. But whatever. Yeah. (laughs) Your body. Your body, your choice. And then um, the other big one is HIV and AIDS. I feel like that's just really talked about all the time. So we can. And it's so complicated. And I just I didn't do any notes. on Yeah. I'm like. Basically, it's a um, disease that interferes with the body's ability to fight infections. Mm -hmm. And so your immune system starts to break down. And it's a lot more complicated than that. But um, get tested. Yeah. And and now we'll tell you about ways to prevent yourself from getting infections. All right. Other than just getting tested. So I went to the CDC website. Center for Disease Control. And I was like, tell me about preventing STIs. Yes. And they were like, okay. And here's the list. So number one, they listed abstinence. Mm-hmm. And I put, if that's your choice, cool, but it's not realistic for most people. Yeah. Because most people, like, want to fuck. Yeah. So, yes, if you have, like, some kind of religious belief or pack you've made with yourself or whatever, and you want to be abstinent, like, good. But if not, let's move on. Mm -hmm. Vaccinations, if they're possible. So, like we said, HPV. There's also a vaccination for hepatitis B. So like. Oh, shit. Get it. That's cool. Yeah. So if there's, you know, a vaccination, get it. Yeah. Because not getting it is so old school. That's what I That's what I wrote. <laughs> not believing in vaccines is so old school. Yeah. Because there's like diseases that are starting to come back because dumbasses refuse to get their children vaccinated. Yeah, I can't. And now their kids so. are getting polio. It's like, what? Like, what are you doing? What? That's so fucking old. That's like my great grandpa's disease. Get yeah. the fuck out of here. <laughs> um, okay. Reduce the number of sexual partners you have. Okay. Something to think about. Um, you know, I don't know. If if you want to, I'm not trying to pressure anyone or like shame anyone. Yeah. If, you, if you're going to listen, when you have multiple sexual partners, the more sexual partners you have, the the higher the risk. The more often you should get tested. Yes. The more likely it is you should use condoms. Definitely. Which I just think is always a safe bet. Um, I have some paranoia uh, issues because I've uh, experienced some some cheating in my life, uh-huh. and um, you know, I just it's it's a weird place to be when you think you're in a monogamous relationship and you have unprotected sex with someone. Yeah. Um, and then you find out, like, oh, they 
they have another girlfriend. Right. Here I was. I thought, you know, we live together and we are in a monogamous relationship yeah. and we can raw dog it. And then you have coffee with their other girlfriend. Oh, no. And you're like, hey, girl, so were you guys using condoms? Because, like, we weren't. And, like, I feel very upset right now. Mm-hmm. Maybe we should go get tested. Yeah. That's a weird thing. Um, but let's do it. But let's do it. Uh, <laughs> Definitely. Which brings me to my next one, which is mutual monogamy, Mm -hmm. um, which I wrote, it works when both partners have been tested, know that they are both negative, and commit to staying monogamous. And go get tested together. Yeah, totally. It's romantic. Like it was in the 90s. Yeah. It was always like, oh, we're ready to take it to the next level. We're going to go get tested together at Campus Health. Because it's a different world. I, yeah. I love that show. I think there was an episode where like a couple went and got tested uh-huh, together. Of and you're course. like, that's what you're supposed to do. That's what you're supposed to do. It's hot. Yeah. And once you get your results, you're like, oh, we fucking so hard. And then you put those up on the fridge like a report card with all yeah. A's and mm-hmm. you bone away. Bone zone. Um, And the last recommendation they had was use condoms. I feel like. Always use condoms, especially like you said, if you're not in a monogamous relationship, if you have multiple partners, even if you are in a monogamous relationship, I feel like it's okay to use condoms until you've both decided that like you're both ready to not. Yeah. Because like, yeah, it takes trust. And like, you know, even if you are both seeing that you're not seeing other people, like maybe one person or both people need to gain that trust still. So yeah, it's fine. Um, And also... excuse me make sure that they're being used correctly Mm. so like men maybe you think you're an xxl and you need your giant dick condoms but if you're getting condoms that are too big for you they're not going to work properly um also if you're getting condoms that are too small for you they're not going to work um because i i i've i've known some men that like were using normal size condoms and and they needed the bigger they needed to size up yeah um because if it's not the right size if it's too small it can break yes um also you know get a lubricated condom because Uh the lubrication between you and the condom reduces the chances of it breaking if they aren't lubricated, put a little lube on the inside, uh-huh. roll it on, put some lube on the outside because dry fucking with a condom will cause it to break. Yeah. And do not double bag. This is a thing I've heard in pop culture. Oh, yeah. People like, joke guys about make it. jokes like, oh, you better double bag that shit. Well, you better not because that's going to make it break. Yeah. The two latexes rubbing together is not a good idea. It's going to cause breakage. Um, leave a little room at the tip. They say pinch yeah. that reservoir tip and have some space because that's where the cum goes. Right. Like, so, yeah, use it. Also, uh, here's a, a tip for women who are in, like, maybe unhealthy relationships mm-hmm. who think that maybe their partner might be cheating, but they're scared to say something because relationship abuse happens. Right. Um, You can always tell your partner that, like, your birth control, you ran out of birth control or your script expired and that you need to use condoms. And it's a way that women can use to, like, get their partner to use protection mm-hmm. if they're scared to confront them about cheating. If you're in, like, a relationship that maybe isn't healthy, you're not ready to get out. Mm-hmm. Um, just tips and tricks for women. Mm-hmm. Um, because, like, sometimes women have a hard time confronting partners about, like, infidelity or, like, whatever. Yeah. 
And so, yeah, you can, if you're scared to ask them like straight up, like, I think you're cheating or whatever, or I don't trust you, um, you can be like, oh, I ran out of birth control. Yeah. And please, if a guy's telling you like he can't use condoms because he can't feel anything. Yeah. I don't just don't fall for that. Just don't fall for that because you can learn how to use condoms. Yeah. You can learn you can learn how to do anything. You learn how to do everything in sex, right? Like right. you learn you don't know how to do anything until you, you know, whatever. So yeah. you can learn how to use condoms and if he's if you don't want to have unprotected sex and he says he has an issue with that, then be like, "Cool." There's mutual masturbation. Right, exactly. There's other things, but it, you don't have to give in to having unprotected sex. Yeah, you can just go down on me. Like, that's fine. Just go down on me if you don't want to wear a condom. Yeah. Oh, my God. When I think about all the unprotected sex I've had in my life, like, it gives me nightmares. Um. Yeah, I haven't. A lot. I'm fortunate that I have not had that experience. Um, I just, like, yeah, I don't know, man. I feel like I just lost my virginity at a younger age i was mm-hmm. like 15 and i just was so naive mm-hmm. and i did hear that a lot like oh i can't use it because i can't feel anything i can't get hard with the condom on and like i don't know now looking back i'm just like fuck like wish i would have used more protection even though i have gotten tested and I've never gotten anything, thank goodness. But you just, like, look at Young Shoe and you're like... Yeah, just, like, the anxiety I used to go through, like, after every sexual experience. Because I couldn't exactly go home and be like, Mom, I just had sex. Can you go get me tested? Like, so there was just always a lot of, like, mystery and anxiety of, like, the unknown. Of, like, maybe I do have something that I just don't know about because there's no symptoms or... Because it hasn't shown itself yet or because I don't know what to look for. It's just like a bunch of things that like so easily could have been avoided. By having like a dialogue and being like, yeah. I'm not having unprotected sex with you. I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah. And and that's the other thing too. Believing people who are like, well, I don't, I've never had anything like any symptoms or anything. So I'm clean. Like I've never been tested, but I know I'm clean because I've never seen anything. Yeah. It's like with through today, I, we realized a lot of these don't have symptoms. So you don't know that you're clean just because your shit looks normal. Yeah. Or like, oh, the last person you were with said that they were tested. So you think that you're fine or whatever. Right. Like none of that. Just go get tested, man. Get tested. Yeah. Just or go- like I've heard this too. Well, my ex-girlfriend got tested and she was clean. Yeah. Okay. But you didn't get tested. So that doesn't mean shit to me. So like, yeah, I just show me your report card. Yeah. Like, so yeah. I just, you know, it's a new year. We all want to just, we want you all to have safe, sexy sex. Yeah, the more, listen, the more you know and the more you talk about it, the better your sex life will be. Definitely. how much fun is sex when you, like, just take the anxiety and question and mystery out of it. You know what I'm saying? That's, Uh I mean, that's what this podcast is all about is, like, Life is weird and it's full of things that are scary and confusing and we're all just trying to learn about them and talk about them because it makes things manageable and life is more fun. Yeah. So, yeah. Totally. Anyways. I mean, great. I feel like we really did the damn thing on this episode. Well, yeah. Happy hump day, guys. Happy hump day. I hope you learned a lot. I hope you go slap a condom on it and... 
get to boning. Hey, and if we inspired you to go get tested, like, let us know. Yeah, that would be cool. That would be, I would love it if we, like, if everyone just was like, yeah, dude, I'm fine. But like, you know what? Kind of like jackfruit tacos and how people eat jackfruit tacos on Tuesday now because of us. It's a thing. If everyone's like, yeah, dude, I went and got tested. First first month out of the year. First STD test. Done. Bam. Bam. I feel better. I like that. All right. All right. Well, yeah, have a good one, guys. (laughs) Bye. Bye.